Hello and welcome everyone to the AFL Fantasy Fanatics Round Review. We are recording live after the completion of Round 3 on Sunday, the 2nd of April. I'm your host and AFL Fantasy Fanatic, Tim Guest. Um, man, some uh, oh, pretty exciting round, but we're going to get all that into that in a minute. Um, firstly, let's uh, introduce uh, the guy that's always with me, one of the hardest working men in AFL fantasy content creation, legend of a bloke, Bales, mate, how was your round? How did you score? Laird, are you, uh, are you all right this week, mate? Um, yeah, well, we'll skip over that. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah not, not bad. I thought last night, a bit doom and gloom, I thought, oh, we're not having a very good round here, but... End up scraping to a twenty one oh one, which was big thanks to Big Shawnee Das in the last game. So glad to get the twenty one hundred when I think a fair few coaches would have struggled to crack two k with a few of the bullets. But but yeah, if we're going to go through like a plus three, negative three for the team, I think my plus three would have to go to Will Day. He just looks like a completely different player this year compared to what he has in the past. I sorry he got copped a big hit. And I think in previous years, that would have been a hit that may have caused a bit of an issue in terms of he might have gone off injured or rattled him, whereas he just kept uh, like going on after. And 128, very happy with him. But I think I've got to shout out big Sean Darcy for that 128 in a very nice matchup towards the end. So that would be my... strong, yeah. Yeah, Probably and then strong. negative three. There's a couple of uh, good candidates for this one. But I think I've probably got to give it to... Warple, um, obviously that that role looked good round one. Last week we started seeing signs of him moving forward a little bit more and, and this game was pretty much a 50-50 split. So 57 mm. for me, he's probably a guy that is I'm looking to maybe look at moving on with a tough match against Geelong and cash generation is probably starting to slide a bit. So he's looking at moving on. So that's how I went, Tim. Uh, where did you say you finished ranked? Uh, so 2101. Actually, yes. Yeah, so my overall rank, I actually jumped up uh, – about five, nearly five, uh, over five thousand spots, up to fourteen four one eight overall. So, considering I thought I had a bad week, pretty happy to move up five thousand spots, uh, barring late adjustments. Awesome, mate. So uh, you'd be pretty happy with yep. that week. Good job, mate. Let's move on to. Uh, well, we've got uh, the number one coach from last year, Manny Mottram, who'll be joining us tonight to help us review some of the games. Matt, mate, how are you? How'd you uh, how'd you fare this week? I'm all right, Tim. Uh, thanks for having us on. I did say to Bales last year that uh, I owed him one because I was meant to come on last year, but it got a bit, <laughs> bit hectic in the end. But um, happy to come on this year and uh, have a chat to you guys. Well, yeah, I was two, mate. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week, um, this week, twenty-one seventy-three, which pretty happy with that. Oof, That's yeah. all right. Mm. Still moved me up the ranks again. So, copping a few bullets this year. Um, but yeah, twenty-one seventy-three moved me up to twenty-two seventy-seven in the ranking overall. Yep. So, yep. yeah, it's not a bad place to be this time of year. Um, cool. Who do you who went well for you this week? Who kind of sputtered it up? Who went well? No one. I suppose Doc's probably the highest scoring guy on my field, so I'd say give Doc for the bounce back with the one thirty six. So I saw a few people talking about trading him out for Dacos. So probably not a good idea. Yeah, probably not. And negative three, I'll give it to uh, um, John Longmire for putting Callum Mills on. Clayton Oliver, even when they're getting pumped in the last quarter. <laughs> Wasn't happy about that one. So what do you end up? Scoring? 111. It's not too bad. Yeah, okay. But slowed him down. Slowed him, slowed down. him down. All right, awesome, mate. Awesome. All right, well, thanks for coming on, mate. We'll, uh, we'll hear from you in a minute as we start to review the games. But 
turning next to the other coach that's going to be joining us. Uh, uh, coach that finished third in 2021. So we've got some, uh, as always, stellar guests on to help us review the round. We've got DT Lemon. Mate, uh, how did you fare? How did the round look for you? Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It's, uh, it's always good to chat fantasy. It was uh, not a bad round for me. I, I scored 21-41. Uh, which boosted me up the ranks. Uh, so I just cracked the top 3K, which was um, pretty good. Happy to be there. And um, I think like Maddie, you know, it's this time of year, you just want to be going up. It doesn't really matter um, how much. You just want to be going up in Team Valley, going up the overall rankings and just chipping away, which I've done. Um, and yeah, in terms of the plus three, minus three, I'd have to give the plus three to Connor Rosie, I reckon. Yeah, he was, um, I saw a few people trading him out. I was pretty hot on him. He was probably going to be my captain if I didn't have Dunkley VC. And for him to play like that in a um, a contest that I think the rest of the board team were a, a bit embarrassing, he really stood up for them. So um, that was a good score from him and definitely uh, showed what he can do um, if he, uh, if he uh, keeps getting those midfield minutes this year, which is great. Awesome, mate. Awesome. And negative three? Yeah, minus three. Oh, I have to give it to LDU. You know, he... Yeah. Oh, I, I think laid outs, everyone can understand a laid out. If you've got a bit of calf tightness or whatever it is, a laid out's fine. But that was super, super late. So I was I was checking the teams. I was having a, a I think it was actually on the Twitter space at the time. And it, I thought he, everyone was all good. I was locked and loaded. And then sure enough, you know, there's whispers coming out five minutes before the game that he's, his calf's tight. I'm like, what's the, the warm-up's already happened at that point. He must have been thinking about it. Uh, it's very frustrating because it, it probably, uh, if you caught it in time, you might have been in a trade out, but it was a bit stressful. I didn't have enough time to trade him, so I, um, I held him and uh, took a Chandler 66 for him. So that's a minus three there. LDU, yeah. if you're going to be a laid out, you've got to be a little bit earlier. A lot, of, a lot of coaches cop that, cop that bullet, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Tim, mate, before we move to the games, everything like that, how did you go this week, mate? Yeah, well, I was I was caught a little bit like uh, like DT Lemon LDU laid out. Um, I know some coaches. Well, I mean, probably didn't give us a lot of chance to trade. A lot of coaches were able to do some shuffling on the bench to get a, a decent loophole, but um, but I didn't. I, I, I literally found out at ten forty four, and by the time I got onto the app, it was you know bounced down and things had moved. So I was left with uh, Matthias Philippou's forty. Um, which hurt a little bit, but look, I, I still had a good round. I finished with a, uh, a twenty-one oh eight, so we all finished over twenty-one hundred, which I think is a really good round for all, all of us co- as coaches. Um, that moved me up in rank about three hundred spots. So I'm just sitting just outside of three thousand, so three thousand forty-eight. Um, I think plus three, negative three. I mean, you know, the ones that you guys have mentioned already: Will Day, um, Sam Doc. I'll probably give it to. I think I'll give it to. Oh, Oh, I could give it to Timmy English, but I think I'll give it to Cam McKenzie's 94. I think a few people may have had him on the bench. Um, and with, you know, Setterfield going a bit low and, you know, Warple a bit low, I think he really stood up in my midfield. So I'll give it to him. Um, and then my negative three, I'm going to give it to Errol Goulden, um, just a 71 on a Sunday. Yeah, I think he's probably one I forgot to. Black cluster He's probably one I forgot that I could have mm. mentioned. Yeah, it just kind of hurt me. I, you know, I... Uh, I mean, this often happens on a Sunday. You know, you're sitting there pretty on a Saturday night thinking you're looking strong um, and then you just have a few disappointing um, finishes on a, on a Sunday. But, you know, look, pretty happy, pretty happy to be sitting where I'm sitting for this time of year. Um, but, um, you know, trades for this week, we'll see how we go. We'll talk about them a little bit later. But uh, before we get into the games, just a reminder to everyone out there just to send in your questions or if there is a player that you want discussed, um, start flipping them through. 
Um, and if we don't discuss them as we talk through the rounds, we'll, uh, we'll talk through them at the end. But uh, first of all, Western Bulldogs versus Brisbane. Eddie had on Thursday night. There were some big scores. Seven players scored over 100. Mixed bag for the Bulldogs midfielders. And an ex-dog finally went big in a grudge match. So, Bales, why don't you walk us through uh, the Western Bulldogs versus yeah, Brisbane perfect, game? yeah. Um, seems like a long, long time ago this game happened. But, uh, no, it's, uh, we'll discuss this. So, obviously, the big one, top scorer of the play was uh, a Tom Liberatore with a 119. So, he's been good to start the year. But uh want to get your boys' thoughts. I'll ask Lemon for this one first. So, Jack McRae, 111. Went big, um, but what did you make of his role? Obviously, not as much time in the CBAs. What would you be looking at doing with him moving forward? Is he still a hold, or, or what are your thoughts? Yeah, <clears throat> really interesting one. I know a lot of people traded um, with that role. He only had the 40% CBAs again, so that's two weeks in a row he's had around 40% CBAs. I thought he spent a lot of time forward. He actually looked really good as well, so that was a good score. He played well in that high half-forward role, but I don't think that's a role that he'll average 110 in. So uh, I think that's a sort of a ceiling game from where from that the role he's in. I'd be I'd be a bit worried if I owned him. I think he's probably more a sort of 90 to 100 guy in that role, maybe around 100. Um, so would you would you hold him? Would you trade him? I'd probably hold, um, hoping that maybe there's an injury in the dogs' midfield. Uh, hoping that that role changes. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be expecting 110s, 120s from him every week. I think that role is not attractive. Yeah. And I think that what we've probably got this week, and this is probably our last week coming up where we've got fix-up, probably our last two fix-up trades. A few coaches are probably going to start moving into upgrades, but it'd be obviously round five onwards is when you're doing up, uh, your upgrades and whatever. So if you're going to move on to McRae, it's probably got to be this week or um, or you're probably going to hold him. So, But, yeah, uh, as we said, uh, former dog Josh Dunkley, Matt, went big with a 116. So uh, did you have him on, as VC for this game? What did you think of his game? Yeah, I did have him as VC. Uh, initially, I was thinking Bont, and he did come out pretty strong, Bont, so I was regret- regretting it uh, initially. But then uh, Dunkley he just kept moving forward, and he had a lot more time on ground this week. I think the week previous, he only had 69 or something, so he had over 80% time on ground, and... You could just see that um, he was starting to accumulate again. So, yeah, not someone you want to trade out either, which I saw during the week. Yeah, yeah, agree. A few people jumped off, I think, maybe to fix up, but he showed that he's he's still going to put up the numbers. But he did mention Bont there. I'm a Bont owner. Um, I'm interested to see out of you guys who owns Bont here. But he's he's had one quarter off in pretty much each game, which has probably prohibited him from going 110 plus. And on the weekend, he was on 75 at half time. had, a, I think, three frees against in the final quarter, dropped a sitter that could have potentially been a goal. So he could have ended up on a 120 easily. But are we all sort of, we're still fine with Bont, but it's just more frustrating? Or um, what are our thoughts moving forward, Matt? I uh, still got that inside mid role. He's still getting the CBAs. So compared to McRae, you would trust his role a lot more. So... From that perspective, yeah, and I think he could have gone over 100 quite a few times if if he wasn't on the pine or if he didn't give away those free kicks. So I think he's not probably one of the least of your worries on field if you got him. Yeah, yeah, agree. I know that a few people will be frustrated. Who owns Bont here? So I do, Tim. I think you own Bont as well. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I do. It's been a bit disappointing. Seems to fade late. I was actually just thinking about having a look at his time on ground. 80, 89, 89% on the weekend. Oh, okay, yeah. can't really complain with that. But, I mean, certainly the thing that I noticed from that game was, you know, he, he still rotates forward. And 
um, you know, when he was sitting forward. Um, you know, I mean, I, th- I think they may have done that. Obviously, you know, they're trying to win the game. Um, they're not so worried about fantasy. But um, but when he goes and moves forward, he's not around the ball and he just, he's not racking up and, and that certainly happens later yeah. in the game. Um, Lemon, have you got Bont in your side? I don't own Bont. I definitely considered him pre-season. And I think I wouldn't be concerned if I owned him. You know, he's, he's getting 70% CBAs, high time on ground. He looks good. It's just the Bulldogs are still trying to work a few things out. So I think he's the kind of guy that you'll think about trading him and then he'll score 140 and you won't think about it again. Yeah. So I wouldn't be too concerned. He, yeah, we know he's got, he's got a big ceiling. And when he gets going, he could, he could go at 120 for a couple of weeks, 130 for a couple of weeks. So I wouldn't worry about Bond. I think McRae is much more of a yeah, worry. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, and Bond just... Hey, Bales, yep, yep. sorry, just before you move in as well, one of the things that I kind of noticed, particularly from this round, or even from the last couple of rounds as well, it'd be interesting to get the boys' thoughts on this, but, I mean, I've noticed in particular that, you know, fantasy has kind of taught us a few lessons, like, um, um, you know, I mean, people have traded out Jack McRae, people have traded out Rory Laird, um, you know, and we've seen these primos put big scores back, you know, I mean, not to say that Jack McRae is a solid, you know, player moving forward, but... Um, yeah, I've just I've I've noticed in my own playing of the game, you know, there's been a few things that have happened that have kind of reminded me of a few things that maybe I hadn't been paying attention to, like having the right loopholes on, and you know, making sure you're picking the right VCs and captains and stuff like that. So it's you know, it's just interesting to pay attention to that stuff early yeah. in the year. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, it's just as we I spoke about with DC and that on the Hat Chat Twitter space last Wednesday, and as they were saying, just trading premiums is is fraught with danger because they the premium is probably going to put a big score. On your head, so I guess the McRae one probably with a one eleven. Obviously, you're not happy with the one eleven, but if you did trade him out, I don't think it's really too much of a concern moving forward because the role isn't there at the moment. But he's probably one just to keep an eye on. Tim English did really well with a one eleven. I think he's just a clear top two ruck, so he was very very good. Lockie Neal is one that I'd be keeping an eye on with a one oh four. He's dropped fifty six k for the year. He's a typical guy that is one of those premiums that's dropped in price and you could look at it as an upgrade. So just one to keep an eye on there. Um, and then scrolling down a little bit further. So Will Ashcroft looked good with a 71, um, took his first mark for the year, which was good. Um, Bailey Smith, um, Lemon, would you be moving off a guy like him? So he only had one CBA and scored a 71. Is he a guy you'd be jumping off of before he drops too low? Yeah, he's a bit of concern as well. So he is averaging 34% CBAs for the year, playing a bit of wing, playing a bit of half forward. Uh, not, It doesn't look like it's going to be enough for him to get forward status either. So uh, it's, it's really tough to know with him. Again, I think you have to back him in. Um, you have to back, back in that he'll be able to score in that role. You know, he's, he's shown he can score well in the wing role, but it, I'm not... I'm not keen on him. I definitely wouldn't bring him in. And if I had him and I had no other problems, I'd be happy to trade yeah. him. Yeah, I'd probably agree. I think, yeah, if he's your most concerning player, you can look to move off. Um, Darcy Wilmot, Matt, he was obviously good again for 66. Is he a guy that we can put at D6 for the next couple of weeks before we get your Sheezels and Zeebles down back? Looks that way. Um, he looked actually pretty good in that last quarter. I didn't catch the whole game, but I saw a bit of him in the last quarter and he's getting quite a bit of it and laying some tackles. So... There was the Bulldogs, so I think defenders score all right against the Doggies. So you maybe don't expect a 70 or a 66, maybe 55, 60, but I think he's fairly reliable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm probably going to be looking at him him as my D6 for the next fortnight with Zeebel and she's all going to be going back. McKenna, 59 for you, Tim. So that's okay. You probably want a little bit more from from him moving forward, I think. 
Yeah, a little bit disappointed, especially with Wilmot scoring 66. Although, uh, I mean, I had Wilmot looped on for um, uh, Uland was kind of how I was playing that. But, um, uh, but yeah, you know, happy enough. Might, might look, he's someone I'm looking to move on this week. Um, but, yeah, we'll talk about that yep, later on. Perfect. And then, yeah, Arthur Jones, just the final play as well, just with an 18. So not quite enough if you brought him in as your rookie, Tim. Yeah, no, no, I didn't. I think that's kind of, I mean, paying attention to what Jeff says is, uh, you know, I think he was a small forward or something along those lines. We didn't expect him to score yep. much. Perfect. Next game, Tim. All right. Well, next game was uh, Collingwood versus Richmond G on Friday night. So Master versus The Apprentice. We had Hardwick versus McRae. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I was a little bit worried because it had been wet all afternoon. So, you know, I've been looking at Dacos or maybe coaches have been looking at Timmy T as a, as a captain if you hadn't taken uh, Josh Dunkley. Um, and then, you know, there were those coaches that had uh, Darcy Cameron or even worse had uh, um, traded into him with Cox out um, who ended up going down with a high-grade MCL and is now expected to miss six to eight weeks out. That's according to AFL ratings. Pete, make sure you're following him for all the latest news. Bales walks through the players. Yeah, so mate. I think obviously it was it's a few coaches like the, the, again the rucks are doing our heads in again this year. People had gone, uh, no, not gone. So Cherry at the start, they would have moved off him if they already had an English. After seeing Marshall, you wouldn't have moved on him on round one. So probably went to Gorn. He gets injured. Then they probably would have gone down to Darcy Cameron to get cash, and then it's just. The rucks are just doing our heads in. But um, I want to talk to obviously about Nick. I'm not sure if – yeah. Sorry, I'm not sure if Jaden's on, but uh, I think I saw a, a tweet from Jaden that I think there was something like 1,074 coaches had moved from Gorn to Darcy Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, I imagine? unfortunately the rucks are doing our heads in again. Um, but Nick Dacos, Matt, he's, he's continuing – on his merry way, three scores over a hundred now. He, even in wet conditions, able to get the job done. Is this? I don't know if you've got him in your side, but if you didn't, is he a guy you'd be still looking at bringing in? I do have him. I started with him, so been pretty happy with his uh, first three games for sure. So definitely one of those um, value defenders. If you jumped on him, uh, or if you started with him, he's really done well for you. Um, he's probably not the value he was, but. He's still going to be probably a top six defender or close close enough too. And if you hate watching him play, <laughs> not having him in your team, you might want to get him in your team. It always hurts, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. Uh, especially uh, as an owner myself pre-season, uh, jumping off after that tag, expecting attention to come throughout the year. And he started uh, bang with 49% ownership. I think that's it's definitely hurt as a non-owner. Um, Tim Taranto started quite slow as well, but uh, he ended up getting to a one eleven. Um, Lemon, so you were pretty happy with his performance and he looks like a top two forward and potentially a top top forward. Yeah, definitely. He's He's got the uh, as many CBAs as he wants in there. He looks good. He looks fit. It looks like he's sort of shaken those injuries that held him back the last couple of years. And, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be looking at him to average something around 110 for the year. Great captain option when he's got a good matchup. Um, yeah, no worries with Tim Toronto. Yeah, he's been fantastic. Uh, Tom Mitchell, 103, but we said he's probably going to be that sort of mid-90s to mid nineties to maybe very low 100, so not an option, I don't think, in classic. Daniel? Well, on that Bales, so just before you move yep. on, mate, I mean, I, I mean, he has scored quite well the last two rounds, and at the same time, there has been reports that he's been dealing with a back issue, and, you know, we often only hear about these things, you know, once they're kind of resolved or getting better at least. So, you know, maybe, maybe... 
you know, maybe Tommy Mitchell can can average around the hundred mark. Well, Lemon or Matt, are, you, are any of you guys interested in in a Tom Mitchell uh, moving forward? I just don't know if the Collingwood system probably scores enough points, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't think he's someone you want to be trading into, but I'm not, I'm not sure that he's a ninety player. Though, that's yeah, all. boys, what are your thoughts? Oh yeah, I'll go first. The um, it's interesting. The the talk about the injury has me has me definitely intrigued because if that's the reason they were playing him in that half forward role. You know, when he gets back to full fitness, if if I see an eighty percent CBA game and maybe some increased time on ground, then it's a you know definitely a, a watch. But um, you know, they they love to share the ball around Collingwood. Um, you can see that in their in their stats. So I'm, I don't think he's a one ten guy, and and therefore there's not going to be a lot of value in him either way. Yeah, Matt? yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, not sure what I could add to it, but um, yeah, you you want him going probably one hundred five minimum. And there's so many good options, as we've seen this week, where you can get some value in the midfield. So it's no point really jumping on someone like Mitchell if he's only going to give you scores like that. But if he comes out and starts going big again and his back's better, then we'd have to look at him, wouldn't we? Yeah, definitely. Definitely one to keep an eye. Maybe I probably brushed over a bit too quickly than uh, what I should have. Apologies for that. Um, Dan Rioli, 97, has been a good pod for a few coaches so far that would have picked uh, him up. Um, just scrolling down the list of scorers, there's not yet, yeah, weren't too many relevant players in here. So we spoke about most of them before. So, and then Samson Ryan on your 15. So, um, obviously, poor score for him, but he did get subbed out. So, um, Tim, I think that's about it for that game. So, I think we'll move on to the Saturday games. Awesome. So, uh, we were talking kind of a cellar dweller match, but uh, Hawks versus North Melbourne at Pig Park down in Tassie. Uh, another master versus apprentice matchup. Sammy Mitchell got one over on his old coach. Um, the Roos were already were already without one of their main mids in Simpkin, but I laid out uh, in the warm up. Left coaches scrambling. So LDU, I was one of them. You know, we talked about that a little bit before. Um, only being able to loop Poo, um, which we'll talk about. You know, when we get to that game. But there's plenty of relevant players including a record-breaking rookie. Um, most points in his first three games, according to Jaden Papowski. Once again, make sure you're following Jaden. Yeah. Bales, talk us through yeah. it, mate. Um, Harry Sheasel, he's, he's very, very good, isn't he, Lemon? Oh, incredible rookie season he's putting together. The fact that he's a forward and soon to be a forward-slash-defender as well, uh, it could go down as the best rookie season ever for fantasy, I think. He just needs to just needs to keep so, going. Really, it's that easy. So, so it's it's obviously he's a definite hold for probably to up to the buys, potentially even past the buys. Is obviously it's three games of data, but and it's probably getting ahead of ourselves with one uh, with three games uh, for a rookie. But is he a chance to average ninety plus and be potentially a keeper, a little bit like what Nick Dacos was last year for coaches? Oh, oh definitely. He definitely. could be our bloody D one right now <laughs> in a few yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, definitely on the cards. He's, he's just looked fantastic, so um, and I don't think they're bringing Hall in anytime soon. Um, they had obviously three Hawks boys. Uh, Matt went big with Dylan Moore, one thirty-two, and Sisley one thirty-two, and then Will Day, who's probably been one of the best mid-price picks of the year. Did you have any of these three guys on your side? Uh, I have Will Day. Started with him, and every week he's just looked better and better. So he looks very composed and clean around the ball and. Gets in there and gets contested possessions as well. Gets your plus sixes. So I reckon Will Day's been a really great pick. And if you jumped on him this week, then well done. I think that's a great week to jump on and get the get that one twenty eight. And when it comes to Sicily, yeah, it really hurt watching him because um, the Hawks changed it up a little bit this week and controlled the ball a bit more. And 
it was just kicking it back and forth across the back line and Sicily was just racking it up and I considered bringing him in but um, went for a midfielder instead. But in hindsight, I think Sicily would have been a great pick because he was just killing it out there. Yeah, 18 marks. It's it's ridiculous yeah. how many marks he got. And then Dylan Moore as well just continues to, to do well even without the CBAs. Yeah, he's a gun player. I've, he's never really been on on uh, my list to bring into my team or start him, but I know a lot of people like him and just watching the game, he just he just looks unbelievable out there. So, yeah, you'd want a consistent um, CBA inside mid-roll, I reckon, to have him, but he's he's good and he continues to prove prove people wrong, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Could potentially be that guy that's uh, in those top six forwards and an upgrade target for some coaches. Uh, we talked about Cam McKenzie before with his 94. He was, he's was he been very good. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the Rising Star Award. He'd be one of the guys that I think could potentially get it. There's a few other guys as well that did well this week, but he's definitely up there. Um, a Tom Power had a big quarter as a guy that traded him this week myself. Um, that 38-point second quarter wasn't great, but he he had the role but with LDU and Simpkin out, so I think it's fine if he traded him. Um, Jack Zebel looked uh, good enough. He got 78. I think uh, with Hawks chipping around a lot more, he didn't really have the license to, to get as much ball. So I think he's fine moving forward. But the one I want to get uh, everyone's thoughts on is James Warple. So we, I spoke about him before with that 50-50 forward mid-split. Um, Tim, is he a guy that you'd be potentially looking at moving on if, if he's one of those issues that you don't have any bullets to, to cover with? Yeah, so along with Connor McKenna um, a, a, and a Jimmy Warple might be the two players that I'm training out this week for, you know, like a primo or maybe a Zeebel and a Rook or something along those lines. So, uh, I mean, I wanted to find out in particular from Matt and, and Lemon what they thought. But, um, yeah, he's certainly on my chopping block. What do, what do you guys think? Is it time to uh, to cull Jimmy Warple? Just having a look here at his break even. Um, it was 29, so he's not he's not leaking cash yet. But, um, yeah, he didn't look as good this week, did he? And uh, that split going a bit more forward. Don't know if I'd trade him I mean, out. I guess it's it's hard to tell. I mean, because Cam McKenzie didn't really get the role last week either. I mean, I guess that's what's going to – Sammy Mitchell's going to do. He's just going to – you know, there's going to be a lot of changes to roles and from week to week. Lemon, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah this – definitely a good one to watch. I think – I think you're right, Tim. I think you know that the the round that Warple stops making us money, maybe his break even gets up to 60, 70, 80, We got to look to move these mid prices on. You know, we as soon as they stop, they stall in their cash generation. There's not that much point keeping them unless you think they're going to you know bang out a, a high score and then get that going again. So, uh, for me, I think he'll probably still have a low enough break even to hold for another week, um, and then you know if he puts out a, a 80 plus, then he should get going again. If he doesn't, well, we might trade him the week after. But I like definitely like the idea if you take McKenna and Walpole, go down to a rookie and get up to a, a premium. Um, yeah, that's what we should be looking to do in the next couple of weeks when it when it when it's possible. Yeah, and I suppose you've got to say to yourself too, if you trade him out, who's who's taking that spot in your midfield? Or yes. rookies coming on field or yeah, like Lemon said, you really need to do that on down one up so you can replace him and then you need the rookie who's going to score well on the back line if, if he's on field. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one for some coaches this week. Um, Miller Berman got a fifty-one. So if he was your constable cover, um, you'd be pretty happy with a fifty-one from your D six um, coming on. So he didn't do too bad. And Fergus Green got a forty-five, sort of just ticking along those forties and fifties and making a little bit of cash. Tim, so moving on, I think to the next game. 
Yeah, so GWS Giants versus Carlton uh, up at Giants Stadium. Um, once again, another uh, wet game, which I know there was some coaches out there once again a little bit nervous who either hadn't taken Dunkley's VC or, or didn't have it. I mean, I I was one of those. I'd uh, I'd put the VC on Bont trying to go a little bit against the grain. Um, but we didn't need to be. I mean, in the end, Doc went huge. Uh, and then Kelly returned from concussion protocol after only 13 days and didn't disappoint. Once again, another... Uh, game with plenty of relevant players, Bales. How yeah, are you, mate? Uh, we'll speak about Josh Kelly next. But uh, Matt, obviously, you uh, gave your your plus three to so Doherty, and I think a few people were a little bit worried with him with his output. But he sort of put that to bed with a big score. How did you find his performance on Saturday afternoon? Yeah, I didn't catch a lot of this one. Uh, just a little bits here and there. But um, yeah, he looked good. And I know uh, once the first few games he was in were quite high pressure games, so. Once he got into a, a game that was a bit easier, he was always going to rack it up, I thought. So it's pretty reliable. Yeah, I'd, I'd be uh, for coaches as well that have got him. Uh, North Melbourne this week on Friday night could, uh, or Friday afternoon, sorry, the good Friday game. So it could be a good VC option um, looking ahead here. But Josh Kelly's the one I want to um, get everyone's thoughts on. I'll start with Lemon, but he's he looked fantastic. It was just annoying as a guy that myself started with him. And a few mm. people started with him and he got injured round one, um, missed last week, but he came back 126. If you're looking for a midfield upgrade, would he be a guy that's high on your radar? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, like you, I started him, had to trade him out last uh, last week with the concussion. But, uh, yeah, nine tackles for him. He kicked a goal. We know he's going to get the midfield time. There's not that many guys who can run through there for, for GWS. So I'm definitely looking at bringing him in. I think he's got... He'd probably have 10 points of upside and he probably could be a keeper as well. So I think that's a, a great a great trade-in if you can do it. I wouldn't I wouldn't break your team to do it, but um, if that's the sort of price range you're looking at, I'd definitely, I'd definitely yeah, consider it. I had a look at his CBA numbers as well. So he was going at about uh, 80%, I think, in round one before he got injured. And I think on – no, sorry, 72% um, CBAs um, on that game. And then on the weekend, just gone – uh, he went out, I think it was, yeah, 80%. So it's both 70% plus in both games. So he's looking at the goods there. Um, Tom Green um, looked very good as well with a 110. Tim, have you got Tom Green on your side? Yeah, mate. Uh, someone I started with, I've been really happy with his performance right from the get-go. Um, a bit low last week, obviously. I think he got a lot more attention with uh, Kelly out, but um, but kind of returned to, I guess, what we expect. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't... I, a few coaches were probably a little bit worried with Green last week, but he showed this week he's getting those marks. He's playing high time on ground as well, and his kick-to-handball ratio is a little bit more even this season, which is good. So I think he's fine moving forward. Um, and we'll look to average probably 105 or potentially more. Um, Stephen Cornelio, a bit of a quieter game for him with 86. Seemed to butcher the ball as well a lot, but he'll be fine. Just a bit more of a quiet game from him. Um, scrolling down this Whitfield was a, a little bit quiet as well got going a, bit, a little bit later but he only got an 82 so if he gets defender status could be a guy that we look at as a cheap guy um, Ollie Hollands as well um, Lemon you, he got 56 I don't know if you've got him on field but is he a guy that at, at MA you'd be happy to leave there for the time being yeah, I think definitely, uh, depending on matchups I, I'm expecting him to be a sort of 50-60 averaging player so if he gets a decent matchup I'm happy to have him on field and he'll just keep making cash as well, which is great. So, um, yeah, you could have him on the bench. You could have him at, at M8. Um, either would work for me, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think he's a, he's ticking along scores where it's probably not hurting you having him on the bench, but also if he's on your field and that puts a D6 
on your bench, then that could also be not a bad option as well. Harry Rouston, 56. I wouldn't be looking at him just with Harry Perriman. He's probably three, four weeks away, but Rouston's scoring seems to be a little bit capped with uh, Cornelio Green and uh, Josh Kelly getting most that side. Don't know if I'd be looking at him as a bit more of an expensive rookie. Um, Finn Callahan, Matt, is, is I don't know if you've got him in your side, but would he be a guy you'd be looking at moving on uh, low score on the weekend with a 48? Yeah, I don't have him. Didn't start with him. Just just a bit concerned about playing that wing role. You really want your um, your players to be those inside mids. So, yeah, I didn't catch much of it, but I'm guessing he was still a bit more on the outside looking at his um, statistics and uh, looking at his points. Did anybody catch that game? Was he a bit more on the yeah. wing again? Yeah, I watched I watched the game and, yeah, he was pretty – I don't think he recorded a CBA from memory, so he played purely on a wing and – and he got mm. burnt quite a few times, but as you as you mentioned, uh, that wing roll can be a bit a bit funny, and you can get burnt a bit on the wing if it's stuck on one side. So yeah, I'd be happy to move on. La Lemon, would you be moving on a Finn Callahan as well? Yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah, two pretty poor scores from him. So yeah, I don't know what his break even will be, but uh, his cash gen's stalled, and and there's probably better options at rookie prices that you can downgrade him to uh, that will score similar. So yeah. He's just clogging up a spot in your team. Yeah, so really. we're all we're all in agreement that we'd be going uh, him before Warpool. Yep, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, so his his break even was thirty one and forty eight or forty something. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean his break even is going to be forty odd or four five or something like that. So yeah, I mean he's he's pretty much cooked in terms of his uh, cash generation. Yeah, yeah agreed. Um, Lockie Cowan, 45, uh, 64% game time. I'm a little bit worried now that Chincotta from, uh, obviously in the VFL, had 34 disposals. I wouldn't be shocked if they decide that they want to bring a, uh, him in for Cowan. So just something to keep an eye on. But Chincotta could be a, a good rookie 200K defender mid that we talked about in the preseason, could make his debut for Carlton at some point, potentially this week. So, um, Tim, I think that's all from that game. I think we'll move to the Saturday night games. Awesome, yeah. So Saints firstly versus Essendon at the G. Uh, so Saints celebrated their 150th anniversary in style, recording their third win for the season. So the Saints are three and O. Oh, who would have bloody thought? I don't know about you boys, but I'm pretty happy about it actually. I don't know. It's kind of, I can't. I don't know. I'm just like good on Ross the boss, right? Um, I mean, the Saints are finally doing something. So, uh, but it was a big game though. As there was two popular trading targets, um, and they certainly didn't give coaches the sugar hit that we were after. In fact, one of them, Stocker, I was lucky I got away from when um, Constable was named out. But he, he was a yeah, he stunk it up. That's for sure. But um, Bales walks through the players. For that yeah, game. unfortunately, I brought in a Stocker. We'll speak about um, him in a sec. But Brad Crouch, um, Tim, do you think that he is he a guy that? We could be look. He's a bit expensive probably now, but is he a guy that we could look at somewhere throughout the season? He seems to just have a knack of putting up good yeah. scores. Yeah, um, I mean, I think he's always he's always thereabouts. Even over the last few years, he's always kind of on the on the outside or someone that you're thinking of. He's certainly someone that can put up some ceiling scores, but um, I don't know. He just hasn't been able to string it together for long periods of time. But um, I mean, he. What was it, last five games of last year? I think he had 120, 130 average or something along those lines. So I'm not surprised he's scoring that well. Yeah, no, Jack Steele as well. That is that is something um, to look at um, there as well. Um, Matt, as a Bombers man, um, how did you find Parrish's game on Saturday night? It's pretty good. I mean, I think the whole team was good because if this was uh, 2022, I think Essendon would have just got – would have rolled over and just got, got uh, pumped, I think, by the Saints. So I think we're a much improved team and – 
got a pretty solid midfield unit now. I think Setterfield having that big inside mid is really helping those other guys around him. And um, Parrish, I think he's he's right up the top in a lot of the a lot of the categories on the AFL app if you have a look. And um, he does a lot more than what you realise. So he's he's looking pretty good actually. So it's yeah, three hundreds uh, to start the year, and obviously the one twenties. Is he a guy that you potentially could look at as? He's what he's eight ninety four. Uh, his break even. I'm just getting up was one oh seven. So he might be touching nine hundred. Is he a guy that you might look at if if he's in that price range? Probably not at this stage. I mean, maybe through the buys or after the buys if if he's looking really good. But there's a, still a few really good valued mids around there. I think who who are going a little bit better. But um, he's not a bad pick. That's for sure. But um, I probably wouldn't be trading him in at the moment. Yeah, would that be the same as uh, one of the other bombers in Zap Merritt? You'd be looking at mo- moving him later on in the year, or is he maybe a bit more of an interest? Yeah, obviously, Zach Merritt, he can go massive. We all know that. Um, Helped help you, yeah. mate, very much last year. <laughs> he did. He did. I have a soft spot for Zach. Um, but I wouldn't get him at the moment at his price. I think just wait. I think when we got him last year, is like in the low to mid 700s. So it only takes one game of getting tagged and a low score, and you can pick him up cheap. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably agree. Yeah, they're probably if they were under nine hundred, you could look a bit more. But I think both will be nine hundred or a bit more, so you could look at him. Um, and then I'll ask you about a couple more bombers, um, Matt, as well. So Jordan really had a big game with a one hundred and two, and then the other sort of other defender of note that a lot of people got is a uh, Andrew McGrath who saved his score as as an owner myself went twenty four at half time. I was I was yeah. The vomit emojis were going in a lot of group chats because I wasn't liking that, but end up saving his score but and then really had a good game. So what are your thoughts on both those guys moving forward? I think they're going to be up and down depending on, on the week. Um, if you've got Redmond who had 100 last week, I think Ridley was down last week and he was up to 100 this week and took a few more marks, I think, against the Saints. The defenders tend to get a few more marks chipping around because of that that zone pressure they play. So I think it's a hard one to pick a bomber defender because it can change every week, and I think that's the risk. And I think if you own Ridley, you would have, or McGrath, you would have definitely kept him for this game. But you'd definitely be looking at maybe other options going forward. Yeah, now I reckon. I think Gold Coast they've got one more good match up this week, but it could be something where. Uh, hang on, wait, no, not Gold Coast because that's St Kilda. Sorry, um, I can't remember who have Eston got this week. I can't remember. Um, um, really has. They're playing GWS. Yes, G- right. yes, yep. yeah, GWS. Yeah, so I guess we'll see how that goes. But yeah, probably not a bad option to move off, um, especially McGrath, who's sort of stagnating in price. But I guess if you've got other issues, he's he's just ticking along with his eighties at the moment. Um, uh, next player we'll talk about was uh, Jack Sinclair um, Lemon. So he's been a bit sort of ordinary. He got the one hundred last week against the Bulldogs, but only an eighty-one this week. Is is he a guy? Obviously, a lot of people don't own him. But are you worried that he may not be a top six defender, or is he still like you're not too worried? It's only three games of data. Uh, I'd definitely be worried. I think you know he was so good last year because he had the role. Um, so he was he was in a great role, and there wasn't really anyone who was rebounding for the Saints. Whereas this year they've got. Wanganin Miller, who's in there, um, you know, it looks like Mason Woods sort of floating back a lot. The wingers are floating back a lot. So I think they're sort of spreading the ball a bit, a bit more coming out of defence. You know, that's that's probably the way Ross Lyon envisions it. So I'm I'm definitely not bringing him in just yet. Um, he might he might bounce back, but uh, you know, those rebounding defenders, the role is so crucial because as we see with the Essendon defenders, if there's two or three guys who can do what one guy could do. 
well, they're all going to be sort of taking ball away from each other. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a concern for Jack Sinclair. Yeah. Um, Rob Marshall had a good game as well with 100 and in a pretty tough match against Draper. So um, that was good from him. Um, Matt, Setterfield copped, a, uh, I think it was a hand knock at the end of the game. It said injured on the app, but is there an update uh, that you saw from Essen about his status? Is he fine to go this week? Or uh, I haven't seen anything. I did look around a bit, couldn't see anything. I listened to Brad Scott's uh, presser afterwards, and he said, yeah, nothing to report on the injuries front, all clear. So I'm guessing it can't be too too serious if we're not hearing about it already. Yeah, yeah, no. What about the fact that Setterfield only had 50% CBAs? That's a good question. I don't know what was happening uh, with their rotations. Um, St Kilda did put a lot more pressure on on the Bombers, so I'm not sure if that had anything to do with it. With yeah, okay, I'm not sure. Yeah, I just wondered if there was anything there for us to flag or watch. I didn't watch the game that closely, but um, but yeah, I did notice. I mean, I thought one maybe it was the injury that maybe uh, yeah, impacted his CBAs, but I, I wasn't. So what there. did what did where Parrish you, and where have you got that yeah. number? Uh, where am I getting the info from? Yeah, I've got him. I've got Setterfield at sixty-eight percent CBAs. So. Oh, okay. Well, I've, I'm looking at the AFL app. I got him at nineteen CBAs, and there was what? There was thirty-five. Uh, sorry, twenty-four. Oh no, twenty-nine. Sorry, yeah. No, I, I'm just bad at maths, and I'm in finals. Because <laughs> he's been getting about he's been getting about eighty-five, ninety percent, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, in high 80s. He's averaging just under 80. I think the thing to know with CBA still a bit well, low. Yeah, they, you know, a team a team could have a five minute period where there's ten goals kicked, and then a five minute period where there's zero goals kicked, and the CBAs. You know, if Setterfield's on the bench for that first five minutes, he misses ten CBAs. So don't. I think we we can't just look at uh, the number. You know, small changes are going to happen all the time. So. Um, you know, I'm looking at him, and I, I think he's the top mid at, at Essendon. He will probably average around 80% for the year. It might go down to 60 or 70, and it might go up to 90 one week. But, um, you know, the goals aren't evenly spread out throughout the quarters. Yeah. So CBAs are only – it's only a, a, a decent metric. Yeah. You know? and, and there could be three goals kicked in quick succession, and that might be the player's stint on the bench, and then they miss three CBAs, and that could skew numbers. But it's pretty much, yeah, I, the eye test exactly. has got yeah. that, that midfield role. So. He's and looking you, the looking the goods. Yeah, I was going to say you see him often around the ground at all the stoppages, and he's getting the handball out, or he's the guy who they get it out to, and he's the link guy getting it off to the next person. So he's always in the chain. So I don't think there's a real concern. Yeah. Um, Alan David Junior, fifty six. He's making cash on our benches, which is good. I think he is just purely a bench option there. Same with Caminiti, who got a fifty five. Any coaches that jumped on him would be pretty happy. And then Menzi and Philippou, 41 and 40 respectively. They're, again, they're probably bench options. And Philippou's almost getting to a point where in a few, maybe it could be this week, could be in a couple weeks' time, you can look at maybe going him down because he's not going to make as much cash um, there. But the final play before we move to the next game, Liam Stocker. As a, I brought him in this week, I'm still looking at holding for an extra week. I noticed he got caught on the bench twice for over 10 minutes, which I don't know if that was a rotation or if it got stuck because I watched the showdown which we'll talk about next. But did anyone bring Stocker in and is everyone keeping him this week or especially with Chisel and Zebo in two rounds time getting DPP or what are our thoughts? I think, Tim, you said you brought Stocker in as well. No, I was, oh, sorry, I yeah, was looking yeah, at bringing yeah. him in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And would anyone would, would be, be holding or what, what are our thoughts on Stocker? Anyone can jump in here. I'm not a big fan on Stocker personally. I think his... Um, I watched a bit of his game last week and it, it didn't – again, there's too many mouths to feed back there for St Kilda and I think he's not the best ball user out of all of them. So 
I think um, I think Sinclair will get the ball more than him. I think Wanganin Miller will get the ball more than him. So I think he's a sort of 75-80 guy at best. And you see with some of those lockdown defender roles, they can have a game where they score a 40 or a 50 pretty easily. So um, not not enough upside for Yeah, me. would you be holding um, if you owned, if you brought him in this week or last week with Shizu and Zeeb when a couple of weeks you can always move him on at round six when the DPPs come or...? Yeah, I think it's tough to trade out of defenders at the moment um, because you've got those two guys that are going to come in and be sort of walk-in defenders. But uh, yeah, if you if you had nothing else, you could trade him. But you'd probably be if you just brought him in, you probably want to hold a week or two and, and wait till the forwards come yeah. through. Um, Tim, I think we will move on to the other game that was on Saturday night. Mate, well, you went to this game, mate. Port Adelaide versus uh, Adelaide, the no, showdown at the Adelaide I didn't, I didn't Oval. Go there. Lemon went to it. The game. Oh, yeah, Lemon. Went. Okay. I watched at home. Okay, all right. I, I, oh, sorry, mate. I just assume you would have been there, but I think um, I must admit, mate. The first thing to say is I was a little bit worried about how you were going to be on the uh, on the Twitter space because I wasn't sure if you'd be upset because of Lady's score or if you'd be happy because Adelaide won. But before we get into it, mate, um, probably just uh, notable news for coaches to t- pay attention to: the MRO have given Luke yes, Pedler one yeah. week, so um, so he's out. I, so uh, just be mindful of that I for next week. I think that the Crows will challenge that because I'm. I don't know whatever. Well, again, we probably won't go into detail this because this isn't a fantasy topic. But I don't think that that was a suspension week. I don't think it was. It was a probably a free kick, but I don't think it was worthy of a week suspension. It wasn't like like the broad one that got a lot more. But I guess they're trying to stamp it out. So we'll see. But it could be a flag that he could uh, challenge it. So we'll see. Good score from him. Otherwise, though, sixty-seven. Yep, be holding him. I think for the foreseeable future. Yeah. But why don't you walk us through the, uh, the players yeah, here? Uh, sorry, Lemon, mate. Uh, the Crow boys got over your power um, on the weekend. So very happy for uh, the Crows to get a win. But uh, you mentioned before, Connor Rosie, you were very, very happy with his game with the 113 and top six defender. So is he a guy that if you didn't have him, could you still look at bringing him in as a good option? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think he's a top six forward and I think he's still got value in his price. I'm not exactly sure to be priced out after this round. But um, yeah, you could definitely look at bringing him in. Uh, he's got he's yeah he, again he's pretty much a full time full time mid he played a little bit forward but I'm expecting sort of seventy percent CBAs looks great looks really fit um, yeah if, if Port if Port can sort of lift their game a little bit they're a bit off on the showdown if they can lift and get a bit more of the ball he could have a really a couple of really big games so yeah I really like Connor Rosie I think you definitely bring break him. even of a hundred um seven eighty k probably seven eighty five i'd I'd probably roughly guess next week so um still under eight hundred so still cheap um for coaches to look yeah. at there um Roy Laird, yeah i'll I'll, I'll talk about uh, Laird. so disappointing that he only got an eighty three so uh I went through it last night didn't go under ninety at all last year and twice in three weeks this year he's gone under. 100. I wouldn't be trading him out again if you've got him because Port Adelaide are a very, very hard matchup. I looked at all their the, the star players in the first three weeks that have played against Port and not many have gone big. So I'm not worried. Um, it's been a bit of a rough start to the year, but Laird will come good and, and he'll be fine. He's still got the role. Berry's injured, so that maybe opens up the opportunity for more tackles for Laird. So I think he's fine. Moving forward, and I think everyone um, would be agreeing with that as well. Um, Jordan Dawson, I'm 81, obviously quite for him. I'm not sure that uh, he probably could have got the showdown medal. I would have given it to Rankin or Thought, but that's fine. That's not for me to judge that one. But um, Josh Rochelle, another 75. I think we've probably missed the boat on 
on him. So, uh, yeah, he'll be over 600K, I think, now. So, um, yeah, I think that he's been great. But, yeah, I wouldn't be looking at bringing him in. Uh, Horn Francis, Lemon, um, 68. If, if people, Coach was still holding on to him, is he still the guy you'd be looking at moving off? Yeah, he looks a bit off on Saturday night. I think he's still got the potential. He's got the role, so he's getting he's getting a good number of CBAs. Port just looked a bit off the other night. You know, they only scored they scored under fourteen hundred points as a team, and Adelaide aren't that restrictive. So, I think he is probably a hold um, if you if you need to. Uh, again, if you if you t- if you got no other issues, you could look to move him on. Uh, like any mid-pricer in your team, but um, I'm, I'm still expecting him to, to be a sort of 80-plus averaging forward. So that's... that's What about Zach Butters? He only got a 60. He's been quiet to start the year. Are you a bit concerned with him moving forward? Looks to be that um, not in the sort of top three in the CBAs? Yeah, Butters is a different one. So he, he only had 12% CBAs. He looks like he's getting a sort of maybe an average of 30% for the year. So... Uh, he's he's the what, fifth mid for Port. Um, he's playing a lot forward. He'll have games where he scores well, uh, but he'll have he'll have games where he, he could put out a fifty or sixty like we saw. So, yeah, I, I think Butters isn't going to be a, a ninety plus guy unless there's an injury in the Port midfield or they they mix it yeah. up. Um, Max Michelani was good with sixty eight. Copped a massive hit as well and then came back on and I thought he played quite well sixty eight. So if you've got him, you'd be happy with his cash gen. We spoke about Pedler with a sixty seven before. He may miss this week or it will be suspended, so we'll see if he's the challenger. But if even if he misses, probably a good opportunity. You might be able to do a bit of a loop if you've got an F6 rookie. Um, and I'd be holding anyway because he's looking good moving forward. Um, and then I noticed uh, your trades, uh, Lemon, as well. You had Durs when you got off of him. You'd be pretty happy um, getting off of him this week. A huge sigh of relief to get rid of Dersmer. I had high hopes from this year and he really let me down. So, um yeah, I feel for – I know a few of my mates I talked into picking him up and I'm uh, I'm very sorry if they're listening. So, uh, yeah, he's oh, – it was a bit of a strange sub, to be honest. He looks pretty good. Um, I'm not exactly sure what they were thinking. So, I think that that was probably a missed opportunity from Port. And, um, yeah, he's got to go because he's, he's leaking cash at yeah, the moment. perfect. And Lockett's lifted for everyone as well, by the way, if they want to know because I've just seen uh, Tom Stewart as price has gone down, which I'm sure we'll get into in this next game, Tim. Awesome. Well, we're about to move on to the Sunday game. So just a bit of a reminder for people that want to ask questions to uh, ask them just below the uh, space there. Or if you've got players that you want us to discuss, put them down there and we'll go through them after we've finished these last few games. But moving on now to Gold Coast versus Geelong up at Metricon Stadium. Um, well, last year's premiers are now 0-3 and in what was a fairly horrible to watch and largely irrelevant game. Although a star defender did return early from injury and went big. Apart from that, it was Fairly disappointing results all around, Bales. Yeah. Um, you, Tom Stewart, Matt, uh, we talk about <laughs> these these premiums that drop in price um, and for, for a reason. And uh, if it's a reason that they can't control, like role change, um, we look at bringing him in. Break even of 106. Is he a guy at 757 that if you're looking for a defender upgrade, he's a guy that you'd look at? Definitely. I was had my eye on him already. And, um, yeah, his big score makes him uh, a bit more expensive than I was hoping for. But... You know, for those who started him, um, this is why they started him because he's capable of these big scores. When I brought him in last year, I think he, he gave me a 160. So he definitely has that massive ceiling. So he's he's one of those guys who you want to keep your eye on. Definitely. And very very good next five weeks as well. So he's got Hawthorne on Easter Monday. Then he's got uh, West Coast, Sydney at GMHBA. So tough, but it is in Sydney. Uh, then uh, Sorry, at, it, 
at GMHPA Stadium. Uh, Essendon and the Crows, so definitely a guy that mm. I think we'd be looking at. Lemon, is he also a guy you're looking at as well? Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I agree with Matt. I would have liked him to get a little bit cheaper, but um, I think the beauty the beauty is he's still got that 14 in his uh, rolling average. So if you can't jump this week, you might still get another crack at him. He won't go up too much in price. He might even come down a little bit more this week. Um, so you've probably got a week or two to, to bring him in if you want him. Um, but yeah, I, I really like him. The other thing is he's got the he's got the great buy around. So um, it's just you bring him in and you're you're basically saving you know 30, 40 points over the buy round. So it's very attractive. Yeah. Is, is is this the week coming up to to get him if if everything's ideal, or is it you can maybe wait one more week? Uh, he's, I mean, he's playing Hawthorne. Um, I'm not sure how they how defenders go yeah. against Hawthorne, but I I imagine. It'd be pretty good. Um, they did chip around a bit on the weekend, though Hawthorne. So, yeah, I think it, we'd expect a, probably a, a hundred plus score this week against Hawthorne. So you could definitely yeah, jump. He's, we'll talk about trades after, but he's definitely one of the guys I'm looking at bringing in. Seven hundred and fifty-seven thousand. Mm, yeah, very cheap. Gone down seventy-nine k for the year. So when we're looking for these defenders where they're not too much value, you've got one staring us in the face that um, has definitely presenting value because um, of injury. So. Um, yeah, as we said, not too many other relevant names um, kind of from this game. So, Toot Miller was a little bit quiet with an 88. Um, Jared Witt's got an 81. Um, I was looking, I was interested to see what Bose could do. He was a guy I had on my list, but he only got an 80 with only 13 touches. So, maybe not um, as keen on him moving forward. Um, Dossie's boy, Matt Rao, um, went well in the second half uh, to get to a 78. So, um, Dossie's listening in at the moment. So, um, mate, uh, good stuff. You beat me in the... Uh, Content Creators Cup Dossie, so we'll speak at that as well after, but I'm 0-3 in that, which I'm not very happy about. Um, very salty. Um, and I believe that, that that's it from the game, but does, uh, oh, Tanner Bruin got a 42 as well, so if he hadn't moved off him already, um, definitely have to be moving off him now, but does anyone here think that Constable comes back in? Um, obviously, day one, so a bit more difficult, but Flanders injury, do they, um, and like Oaya was quiet, does anyone here think that Constable comes back in? I'm definitely hoping like Kelly does. I think um, he's, he's a, he might be a chance for a sub vest maybe. Um, maybe Sexton comes into the 22 and, and Constable is the sub. But, um, yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, all the defenders, they looked – stats-wise, they looked okay. Uh, Constable had a, a ton in the VFL, I think, but uh, their team won by uh, 10 goals plus, so you'd expect that. Yeah. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll wait and see. I think if you held him, you can yeah think about trading, but you can also have a plan if he plays. Because even if he plays as a sub, he should make uh, a bit of money still. So. Yeah, so I've yeah because a lot of people like well, I held him. I've got like a Wilmot there who would be playing on field for him if he didn't play. So I guess that, that could be okay. He doesn't have to be moved and could hopefully make a little bit of cash. But we'll have to see. Um, and you mentioned obviously Vford twenty nine disposals. We didn't speak about him at the Giants game, but uh, Josh Fahey could be a guy that Jepper flagged as well earlier today. He had forty disposals for them in the v- in the VFL, so he'd be one that I'd be keeping a close eye on for a debut this week. So um, Tim, I think we'll move on to the final two games. Yeah, well, in what was a uh, more relevant game, but once again, kind of scoring was still subdued except for that of a basement $200,000 key rookie forward uh, was the Melbourne and Sydney game at the MCG. Yep, uh, we'll start with Clayton Oliver, Matt. Um, obviously, one of, uh, you've got him in your side and um, he looked good. And again, with 111, got clamped a little bit in the second half, but he's just looking like a different beast this year. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, that was frustrating watching that, but you can rely on that happening when when you're playing against Sydney. Uh, I thought <laughs> I thought even you know Robotter might do it, but no, Mills is Mills is pretty accountable at the stoppages. Um, yeah, I got Oliver in because I just think a lot of people are lacking those captain options, and Dunkley's been a bit down, and Doc up and down. So it's good to have someone solid there to put the C on if, if your VC fails and can can uh, actually gain you quite a few points. So he is expensive though. So that's the only thing it does hurt you elsewhere having him, but it's a bit of a trade off, but he looked good. Looked very good. Yeah. Yeah. He looked fantastic. He's and people forget he's only 25 and he's just, he's, I think he, I, they had the stat up on the screen. He has like a few hundred more contested possessions than the next person at the same age. So He's going to obliterate if he keeps going on this rate. Obliterate all the contested possession records that in the AFL. So, but is you mentioned him being expensive? Is he a, like if people are looking at a guy, would you be saving cash to get a Josh Kelly, or would you be still if you had the cash there? Is is Oliver a tempting option? Yeah, look, it's a stretch to get him in. The only reason I got him is because I had Jack Steele, so yeah, I could have gone down or up, and, and that's the only reason I traded him in. Um, I wouldn't try and reach for him if. He didn't have him, but having that injury makes it a lot easier just to switch over. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a. It was a good, good move for the coaches that did that this week. Uh, Grundy was good as well with a one hundred and six. He'll be good for the next what month, five weeks until Vaughan comes back. So if you did move on him as unique, that's good. But you will have to have a plan that um, of moving him on potentially when Gorn comes back. Um, maybe you can watch him when Gorn's back for a week. He looked good today as an extra midfielder. Um, Petrarca with a 99. So I don't know if he's going to quite hit those heights as a top eight midfielder, um, Lemon. What do you see Petrarca averaging um, moving forward? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I think um, CBAs-wise, he's, he's still in the thick of it. So he's averaging 70%. Uh, there were some talks he'd have less than that this year, but he's, he's been in there. Um, but yeah... <laughs> It's tough to get a read on Petrarca. He's the kind of guy that can, again, can just put together a few 140s and that'll bump his average up. So he's not necessarily a consistent 110, 120 guy like Clayton Oliver. He'll do it in one or two games. So uh, I, I like him, but I think there's probably better options um, around his price. You know, his price, you want to you want to be very certain he's going to be a top eight. And I don't think I'm convinced just yep. yet. Um, Callum Mills as well got a 95. It was funny that he started scoring really well when he's in the midfield. Funny funny that, that an inside midfielder scores well as an inside midfielder. So it, just annoying it for all of us coaches that he can't get that that 70-plus percent CBA role and he's sort of thrown everywhere um, because we know he can score. But uh, he's dropping a fair bit in price, so we'll keep an eye on him if he becomes an option later on in the year. Um, Van Rooy and Lemon as well had a good uh, debut with a 76. And then also Cade Chandler played well again for another 66. So we'll start with Van Rooyen. Is he a good target for coaches to look at this week or are you still concerned being a key position player? He's definitely a, a trade-in target this week. He's probably the guy you should bring in this week um, because he's he's still pretty cheap um, and he's got that 76 in his rolling average now. So, you know, he, he could make 100K over the next two, three weeks, uh, which is what we sort of want from those guys. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd want him on my field. Um, I, I think, you know, he obviously kicked three goals and had six tackles. I'm not expecting that every week. But um, I think he, he might be able to string together a few, you know, 40, 50, 60s, which will be enough to uh, to make a, a good amount of cash. Yeah, and they've got a good run as well coming up. Uh, West Coast, Essendon, Richmond, North Melbourne, Gold Coast and Hawthorne in their next six. So 
Uh, yeah, he might make some cash. He's, he went up uh, 38k this week, breaking negative 10. So he's definitely a guy that um, for us to look at as an option. And then Kay Chandler as well is he a guy you'd be uh, happy on with on field, uh, especially with that run I just mentioned coming up. Yeah, definitely. Kay Chandler, I think you can play on field. I uh, probably wouldn't bring him in. I yeah, three ninety, three ninety. I think. Yeah, it's getting a bit expensive now. So if you if you hadn't brought him in already, then um, you obviously had your reasons. So yeah, definitely, I'd be happy with him on field. It looks like he will, you know, average sixty seventy from here or so. So that's um that's that's great for an yeah. F six. Um, Tim, you mentioned uh, Errol Goulden before as well. Uh, well, only a seventy one. Uh, I'd assume you're just not too worried about that. Just a poor game, and he'll bounce back. Yeah, well, I, I didn't get to watch much of that game because um, I, I tend to kind of watch a, a bit of the first game and the last game on a Sunday and kind of miss that middle game. But um, so I'd, I'm not sure whether to be worried, but I, I'm, I don't, I can't imagine there is. I didn't have a look at his CBAs. Um, he didn't have. Fact, he, I, he, have I know. While well, you have a look, I know he didn't have as many because I just think that with the Melbourne matchup, the bigger bodies, I think they probably preferred your Parkers, Mills yeah. in the second half, Warner. Row bottom, so I think this wasn't a game who's going to get too many CBAs looking at it after the game. Yeah, yeah, and and Melbourne traditionally pretty tough for midfielders. I know they're pretty good often for defence. I'm not sure. Um, I think they're like, yeah, Lemon. Normally not too bad for inside midfielders, but he wasn't inside, so um, outside they do constrict a bit more. So um, still eleven, eleven. Yeah. yeah, so he still he still had his thirty. 30, 30, you know, 33%, 35% CBAs. So, um, yeah, I, I can't imagine there's too much to be worried the, about just to down the, the only worry this week is he plays Port Adelaide. Um, it is the SCG, but Port Adelaide very restrictive. So we'll see how that goes. I could imagine you'll probably get more CBAs this week. So, um, yeah, definitely one to to not really worry too much about. And I think you'll be fine moving forward. Uh, McVie was good for those people that had him with a 61 uh, Angus Brayshaw, Tim. So he saved his score a bit late. I think he scored. I think he got twenty four points really late. So he was on. And actually, no, he was got eighteen points. He was on fifty six quite late, and he only got a seventy four. So out of, yeah, thirty four point final quarter, five point third quarter, and an eight point seven. Yeah, and he's quarter. leaking cash as well. Down eight thirty five, break even at one twenty five. With that good run, are you still still holding him? If uh, you uh, for anyone that owns him. Um, oh, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know that too many people would own him. I think a lot of people kind of moved away from him. I know he was in a lot of kind of pre-season mine, mine, teams. He was in but, um, yeah, he was in mine as well. But um, I think a lot of teams kind of tended to move away from him as we got closer to the pre-season. But um, 16, maybe one to consider. Just under but, 70% ownership. So a few people. Yeah, what's he averaging 92 or? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's one of the ones I'd have to look at. During the Lemon moment. or Matt, you guys can jump in. Would you guys, uh, if you had a Brayshaw, is he someone you'd still be holding as a proven sort of top six defender from last year? Or is he one that leaking cash you could move on to a, maybe even a Tom Stewart, make yourself near 100K and maybe use the 100K to fix up something else elsewhere? I think uh, I think you've probably got to hold that one. Nothing's really changed in the Melbourne back line. Um, he'll have he'll have good games. He'll have bad games. So expect he's the kind of guy that in, in a good matchup he'll have 120, 130 and boost his average. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I reckon if you had no other problems and your team was just sitting pretty, you could look at a switch if uh, if you could do something with that. But it's probably a hold. But yeah, it's a tough one. 
Yeah, yeah, it's an awkward, awkward one, I think, as well. I agree, um, Tim, mate. Well, you can, if you want to run through the plays in this one, Tim, you feel free. Uh, your Eagles up against uh, the Dockers in the Derby. Oh, mate, I'll let you do what you do best, <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll walk us into it, mate. Freo versus West Coast. Jeez, we tested them there. They uh, I imagine a lot of Freo supporters were getting pretty bloody worried, just especially considering we had five of our players crippled in the first half. Um, but it was a, a final and pretty fantasy relevant um, West, uh, you know, Western Derby. Um, uh, well, Unique Ruckman went pretty big. I know a couple of people were considering putting the uh, the C on Darcy, mate. You've got him in your side. Yeah, yep. very, very happy with uh, Sean Darcy responding after it. Did you put the C uh, on him? No, mate. I took uh, Dunkley's um, 116 on the Thursday oh, night, yeah. and I think yeah, that smartly. luckily my backup captain would have been Roy Laird. So, um, yeah, very happy yeah, with okay. that. Um, but, yeah, Darcy, 128, um, very, very happy with him. And those coaches that had him last week and were a bit concerned, I think, he, if anyone's got the CBA numbers, I'd be interested to see. But he, from the eye, he looked like he dominated the CBA. So he's looking good moving forward. Um, Lemon, Caleb Sarong, uh, 127 is a guy that a few people have spoken about. 35 disposals, another big score, um, rising in price. Is he a guy that is on your radar? Yeah, he's one that's definitely slipped through the cracks for me. So, um, I think what's really promising about him, he looks great the, to the eye test, he looks amazing. Um, but also his time on grounds come up a little bit as well. Um, obviously, we've just got to look at what, what's happening with that midfield mix. If if Will Brody stays out of the side or they drop Jaeger and Miro, then we know that him and Brayshaw are going to get really good minutes, really good time on uh, CBAs. So, yeah, it's a great pick for anyone who started him. Great pick. And I think it I'm, – I'm not exactly sure what he's priced at, but I think it might be an opportunity to go 110 for the rest of the year. Yeah, so if you think you can go 110 um, – there's still a bit of value there, which and he'd be a top eight mid. Again, I, I wouldn't jump on him unless you think he's going to be a top eight yeah. mid. Well, I know Mini Monk, who's listening in, is a, is a big fan of uh, Sarong as an option. Um, then we'll move to Andrew Brayshaw, got a 90. A little bit quiet. He somehow uh, finds a way to be a bit quiet against the Eagles, but he'll be fine moving forward. Um, just probably want a bit more from him. Um, Tim, mate, uh, Jinbi, another 82, another solid game from him. Yeah. Yeah, just just on Brayshaw, mate. Before we, I, I mean, obviously, I, I know my team pretty well. We always apply pressure to Brayshaw. Um, I mean, I know at the start of the game, Gaffy was running with Brayshaw. Um, so, and I think there was a few players that rotated on him, but um, we we're just applying a lot of attention. So, yeah, you always got to watch out for Brayshaw against the Eagles. Uh, but Jinby, um, you know, another cracking score. What do you end up with? Uh, in the up Eighty-two, um, and he's and he's now up to four hundred forty-eight k. Yeah, like I think, you know, I've said it a couple of times and I'll say it again, like it's just a bit of a shame for poor old Jinners that he's uh, uh, in the same year as the, the Cheese because otherwise we'd be, you know, jumping up and down and singing his praises. Um, but, um, but of course, the Cheese has got all the attention at the moment. But, yeah, another great game. He played a lot of mid-time. Um, I expect that's probably what's going to continue yeah. to happen, especially with injuries, the, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, not that the injuries... I mean, Shuey will obviously come out of that midfield, although he's been starting off the halfback. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, I'm kind of happy because we're going to start to see a lot more of that young talent um, getting played yeah. uh, in the Eagles side. And he's, an, he's another one that's probably a good shout for a Rising Star nomination this week. He probably deserves one, well, definitely deserves one. Um, Jaden Hunt, Tim, 84, um, looked good again. So that's two games in a row. Are you still a bit concerned with his volatile scoring or is he at 458? Is he an option? Yeah, look, I think just wingers, mate. You've just got to be careful with wingers. Um, I mean, one of the things that I, I was pretty happy to see is that these last two games, the West Coast Eagles have certainly looked to move the ball a lot quicker. 
Um, and oh, it's been exciting to watch, and we've played a lot better. And um, and Jaden Hunt, you know, he's, he tends to play, uh, you know, quite a part of that, moving it up those wings. So, um, so yeah, you know, I, I, he's not a player that I'd necessarily be looking at um, just because I think he, his scoring could be quite up and down. But um, but you know, if you have bought him in, uh, you'd be happy with him, that's yeah. for sure. I think more of a draft player than anything yeah. else. Um, and Dossie would be very, very happy. Tom Cole, your boy Dossie, got 78. So he'd be very happy with that score. So baking some good cash for you there. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts on Adom Shee? So he had a poor first half. I think he was on 20, had a good second half. Is If people have still got him, is he a guy you'd be holding? Or um, or what are your thoughts with him? Uh, what was his score? Uh, 72. 72. Yeah, I looked at it a bit early because I didn't see any of the game and I just saw he's quite, quite low in points. And I don't know. I think those mid-prices who don't fire, you just got to jump off him quick and he just doesn't look like it. So I think he's a good trade-out if you can get someone good for him who is, is on the way Lemon, up. Lemon, would you agree? So, oh, I, yeah, sorry, Tim, before you... Oh, sorry, mate. Oh, no, go oh, Lemon. I was just going to say, Lemon, what are, you, are you agreeing with Matt that he'd be moving off if you can? Yeah, I haven't been hot on Dom Sheet all year, and I think we're we're sort of seeing why. He just looks a bit bit slow. I don't know if he's carrying an injury or maybe he's just not fit at the moment. But he wasn't running hard for those plus sixes. He did a bit at the end, but West Coast would, you know, they sort of anyone who could get the ball had to lead for the ball because they had no subs. So, you know, he probably played the entire second half just about um, for a fifty point half. So that that won't happen next week. He just, I, I just, I, if I owned him, I, I'd be absolutely prioritising getting rid of him because he looks like a, a seventy every week, and um, he's not going to make you much money. He's just going to clog up a spot in yeah. your team. Tim, were you going to go there? Yes. So I watched. Uh, I mean, look, I traded him out this week, but I did watch him pretty closely. I mean, firstly, he's definitely got the role in terms of. I mean, he had twenty-two CBAs out of a possible twenty-nine. I think it was. Um, but the, the simple fact of the matter is, I think. You know, if we look at the old Eagles when he used to score 90s, you know, he used to get around the back for those little kind of hand passes and, and kicks and things like that. And the Eagles aren't no, – no one plays like that anymore. Um, and the other thing is, is he's not fast. You know, I mean, the, the way that we see the game now is that, I mean, you know, players are sprinting forward and he doesn't sprint. You know, he just kind of lopes – and just gets left behind. Um, but look, where his break even is going to be now? I mean, I don't have him so quickly. His break really, even uh, is sixty nine. So it's still hovering, but yeah, he's still hovering around that sixty. Oh mate, you want you? De- this is a um, what's his body name from a couple of Tom years Phillips. ago? Tom. Um, this is a Tom. You want off him now yep. for sure. He is an, a pro- high priority to get off. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and then the final three players here as well from the game. Uh, Campbell Chesser, I think he looked a lot better, um, especially as the game went on. I know he had to play a lot more game time with uh, the injuries, but 51, so a bit of an increase in scoring and game time. So I'm sure as he gets more games, he's going to be a, a very good player for West Coast. And then uh, the other players, well, just to keep an eye on, um, Elijah Hewitt had a pretty good second half as well, 55 points. He came on just before uh, half time, but he um, looked very good. So 58% game time for 55, just one to keep in your back pocket. So, Tim, I think that's it for the games um, for now. Awesome. All right. Well, before we move on to kind of asking the boys maybe what their targets are looking at for this week, we're just going to do a quick run through of the AFL Fantasy Content Creators Cup, which is proudly brought to you by Infinite Wealth, helping you reach your financial goals faster. 
Uh, and this is where winning coaches will get $5,000 or have the opportunity to win $5,000 to get donated towards their favourite charities. I'm glad lockout is lifted because I can then kind of give you the details. But I think it's worthwhile giving Dossie's. Dossie's still yep. on? Let's give Dossie a bit of a rev up because they had the highest score uh, in the content creators cut this week with a 2192. Um, and in fact, overall, uh, that moves him um, up into third. So he's he's got a ranking of 1423. Um, DC is, is the top ranked coach at the moment at 555. Statesman is 757. Uh, and then Guesty's Gerbils is uh, rounding out the top four there, ranked at 3035. So. Uh, yeah, so some coaches doing pretty well there. I think we've got five or six of them in, inside the top 5,000. Um, so, yeah, not a bad start for some of the content creators. And um, I think Holmesy had a massive week as well, so he's doing well coming back from a fairly rough start. But um, moving on, um, Lemon, why don't we, we turn to you, mate? Um, who, who are you looking at maybe trading in? Who are you looking at getting rid of this week? What do you, what, I mean, I know it's early in the week, mate, but what, sort of, what do you think your moves might be? Yeah, I think uh, I think Van Ruin will come in. Um, it'll be a bit of DPP action to to get him in, but he'll come in. Constable might leave the team if he's not picked or uh, you know talked about being picked. Other than that, I don't actually have too many issues in my team, so um, I think I'd definitely hold Peddler. Yeah, it might be a, one of the mid prices, maybe a Warple out or a McKenna out. Even though I brought him in this week, uh, one of those sort of mid prices is not going up in value. Um, to try and bring in a sort of premium, maybe a Stuart, maybe a Kelly, uh, maybe someone else who's uh, sort of fallen premium. So um, that's probably what I'd, I'd do, but I haven't looked at it too hard yet. Awesome. Awesome. Turning over to you, Matt. Uh, yeah, I actually haven't given it a heap of thought yet. Um, got to sort out this back line uh, with Constable not in there. Um, played a rookie this week and still stuck to my normal plans. So, yeah, I've got to look at I'm going to play that over the next few weeks until we get those DPPs through. So just see uh, see if any new rookies come along this week, any good downgrade options that we can go to other than Van Ruin and maybe we could jump on one of them. Otherwise, probably, yeah, probably do a downgrade and, and see what else I can do. Well, I might have to rethink my strategy, mate, because uh, the winner from last year hasn't even really thought about it yet, and I've already done my <laughs> trades. They're locked into my side already for next week. Um, but uh, but before I go through those bales, mate, what are you looking at doing? Um, yeah, I had my trades done last night, pretty much, um, which uh, had to re, uh, re- go back to the drawing board with a, with a few um, struggling. So at this stage, uh, it'll be Callahan down to uh, Josh Fahey because I expect I expect him to be named, but if he's not, could be Chin Cotter or someone like that. And then I want to go Warple up to Josh Kelly. That's my plan. Um, and if I don't go Warple to Josh Kelly, it'll be Constable up to Tom Stewart. So that's my my thinking this week. Yeah. So for me, pretty simple for me. James Warple will go down to uh, Jacob Van Ruin, and then Connor McKenna will go up to uh, Tommy Stewart, and that'll still leave me thirty-four thousand dollars in the bank. So I'll be very happy with those trades. Hopefully, nothing goes wrong for me during the week. Yep. But uh, we're just going to move on to some questions uh, quickly. We just quick fire before we uh, wrap it up for the uh, for the day. So I might just ask questions and, and throw them to each one of you or one of you at a time and, and see if we can uh, get through them. So I might throw this to uh, Matt. Um, Huey here asks McGrath to Stuart and Warple to Sarong. What do you think about those moves, mate? I actually don't mind them. I think they're good moves. Yeah, McGrath to Stuart. So is McGrath, what will McGrath be priced uh, at? Is that, yeah. That's cashing up, is it? Yeah, I like uh, those moves. That's cashing up. Yeah, well, McGrath won't be a top six. 
and Stewart can definitely be a top six. And Walpole's probably not going to go go that much further. And Strong's looking really good, so I think they're both both good trades if you can do them. Yeah, sure. Awesome. All right, great. Well, I'll pass this one over to uh, to Lemon, mate. So this is from Lauren. She says, I managed to improve my ranking to 11.72, so good job there, Lauren. What to do with Warple? Do we hold one more week or do you think we jump off? Yeah, you can definitely hold Warple if you've got no other issues. So his break-even is going to be 51. I expect him to meet that. Um, he's still getting a pretty good role, although Hawks are spreading the CBAs around a little bit. So... If if you've got nothing nothing wrong with your team, you probably could move him. He might make another you know fifty sixty k, um, but he might also stall as well. So yeah, you so could you, go a week or two early on him. What do you think he's going to average from here? Uh, I think in that role, I think he's a an eighty guy, maybe yeah. an eighty five. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know what. So he's priced at five sixty. I don't know what that turns out to be um, priced that figure, but I assume he's still got another five ten points of upside. So. Well, I guess if we hold him for one more week, the break even at 51, if he goes in 80, you're probably going to make maybe 15K, something along those lines. So it's, you know, I mean, it's not a, you know, it's not a, it's not a must trade, but at the same time, it's, um, you know, it's not going to make you a huge amount of cash either. So yeah, look, you, you can hold one more week if you've got other issues, I think is the answer to that one. Um, Bales, I'll throw this one to you, mate. What do you think of Philippu to a premium forward and Constable down? Uh, Corey scored a twenty-one eighty-three for the round and went up from twenty thousand to six point seven. So that's that's I mean that's probably good news for coaches out there as well. Don't worry about your rank too much. You know, if you have a good week, you can make some significant ground. But mate, what do you think of Philippu down? Uh, Philippu to a primo forward and Constable down. I imagine to a rook though. But I mean, the question would well, be probably who's the rook going to be? Well, especially as, as Jet Flay. Before, if we get a Josh Fahey get named or even a Alex Chincotta, they're probably the two ones, and they're luckily defenders this week. So. If you haven't got if you haven't got any rookies and it moves a Wilmer on field, I don't mind that. Um, if you're restructuring there, but if it's bringing a cow on or Chincot or Fahey on, I wouldn't do it. But um, besides that, I would uh, do it. And just quick mention, just on YouTube, uh, Moon Boy says I thought Tim's voice was familiar. I watch his property updates sometimes. So, ah, yeah. All right, thanks, mate. Appreciate it. All right, well, uh, I might actually get all of you guys to give me some rankings on these guys. So Lincoln says here he's got JHF, Sheed, Stocker, and Callahan. So who would you trade out first? So if out of JHF, Sheed, Stocker, and Callahan, Lemon, who would you trade out first, mate? Uh, probably Callahan of those guys. I think you can get rid of him and just play rookie in the midfield. Um, yeah, probably Callahan would be gone first. Yeah, what about you, Matt? Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Probably Callahan. Yeah. Yeah. Bales. Yeah, I'd probably go yeah Callahan for me. Um, if 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 you yeah. if it's not Callahan, this person wants to do someone else. I'd probably be Horn Francis is probably the next one for me. I think. Yeah, I guess what it, it does depend on what you can do. He is looking at who he could target, uh, either Green, Stewart, LDU, or Sarong. Who who would you guys target out of those? Green, Stewart, LDU, or Sarong? I mean, I know I'm going for Stewart this week, obviously being underpriced. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I think you'd probably avoid LDU just with the calf tightness. Uh, we'll see where that lands. But yeah. if, even if he plays, I'd probably avoid him. Just there's just you know there's a question mark there. I think Stewart, just because of the defender status and uh, the nice buy round, I think he's a guy you probably want to bring in this week or next week. So why wouldn't you just bring him in when you can? And, I, you know, 757, I'm not sure that we're going to get him any cheaper than that. 
I mean, his break even is will be one oh six, but um, but you know, yeah, I'm not sure it's going to be much cheaper than that. So if you can go to Stewart, I think Stewart's the one. Uh, Jack asks Sicily Dacus or Stewart in this week. Bales, who would you be bringing in, mate? Sicily Dacus or Stewart? I think. As good as Sicily and Dacos have been, I think it's Stewart. I think he presents the value, save 100K, I think, from essentially 100K from the other guys. So, and I think at this time of year, saving cash is, is good. And it's not like you're saving cash for, for anyone. It's Tom Stewart. He's a, we know he can be a top six defender. So, I'd be, I'd be grabbing Stewart. I think if it's out of Sicily and Dacos, I think you, you probably look at potentially Dacos again being a bit cheaper and he's looked good. But all three are fantastic options. So, if you can get any th- of the three, I think they're very good. Awesome. I've got Craig here throwing a bit of shade, going, great win by Frio, hey, Tim. Um, or say good on you, Craig. But at the same <laughs> time, mate, I'd be a little bit worried. Frio didn't exactly look that convincing against what is a bottom, you know, four side. Um, but uh, moving on to David Trotter, can do two of the following this week. Where should my priorities be? Uh, Bailey Smith to a Laird or a Kelly. Warple to a Laird or a Kelly. Oh, Jesus, these ones are tough. Um, Hunter Clark to a Dacos Stewart and Stocker to a Dacos Stewart. So, oh, Jesus. So, Bailey Smith, I wouldn't be looking at trading. Would you guys agree with that? Keep your primos? Or would you be looking at getting rid of a Bailey Smith? I'd agree there. I think there's other those other names I'd trade before yeah. Bailey Smith. So, would you trade out a Warple, Clark or Stocker first? I think I think Clark or Stocker are probably the the two that I'd get rid of. Um, yeah, I think Warple Warple's still he's I'm pretty confident he'll make some money. Uh, he might he might make another fifty plus k. He might make even one hundred fifty k. So I think Warple you can hang on to and and concentrate on your defence. Yeah, and then the, the options he's looking at bringing in there. I think Stewart is the one we've already talked about. So. Uh, thoughts on Cripper, lads. So is that Patrick Cripps? I mean, I, I wouldn't have seen him as being a very popular option. How, how did he uh, score he, this week? He scored a one eleven. He had forty two disposals. So I personally wouldn't be going oh. near him. Well, I don't he's, think he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. We know he's a fantastic player, but I probably wouldn't be looking at him. I don't think he's going to average that one one ten that we probably need for a top eight mid. So I'd pass. Great. All right, Josh here is considering, should he be, uh, he's got a Darcy Cameron trade to consider, so should he be looking at a Sean Darcy or a Nank? It's, uh, I'd be going Darcy there. Anyone Anyone disagree with that? Nope, I'm Darcy. No, I agree. Yeah, I'd agree. Was... I think Nank does look really good, actually. He looks oh, really mate. fit and he's solo he's right. Yeah. He's, had a few, he's had a few easy matchups, but... Um, is he yeah, captain he's... as well or is he co-captain or vice-captain or... Yeah, he might be. Yeah, he uh, he actually looks incredible. It looks like he's turned back the clock a little bit. Um, so yeah, I don't know what his schedule's like, but if he's got a few more easy matchups, I can't see why he'd slow down. Yeah, awesome, awesome. All right, so Jack asks here, what are we doing with Bailey Smith? We talked about that before. I think we're holding for the time being. Uh, imagine you've got bigger issues than that. Um, what about Mason Wood, guys? Um, it, should he be a, a pod target if his shoulder's okay? I think he, yeah, he did um, injure himself late in the game. But um, should we be thinking about a Mason Wood? What's his price? It's a good question. I'll have a quick look. I think 740. Uh, 740. Yeah. So yeah. awkward price. I probably wouldn't go there, but um, he's been looking good under Ross Lyon. But, uh, this, yeah, at 740, I, I don't think I'd go there. I think there's some other options you could take. Even Stewart's not far off that, and you can pop him in defence. He's certainly been a scorer over the years, but he's just – I think he's one of been one of those players that's never kind of strung it together for a whole year. He's kind of put it together in patches, and I, I know he's been a good draft player, that's for sure. 
but maybe keep an eye on him, but maybe a little bit early. Um, we'll go just a couple more questions here, guys. In fact, let's finish on this one as the last one. Um, I think this is a really good question. I'm going to go around to everyone. So, boys, this is from Lachlan Gotch. Uh, should we be getting in Setterfield or Sarong? Great question. So is it, I think it's still Setterfield just because he's going to be cheaper and still under 800. Sarong is 824. It's, it's a, it is a tough one there. It's a... But Sarong did look good. I think I'd just go Setterfield, but it's not as definitely not anywhere near the value that he was a couple of weeks ago. Lemon, what are you? What would you do, mate? Yeah, I think I'm probably still Setterfield, um, but I, I can't see Setterfield being a top eight. So it's uh, you know if you want that top eight midfielder that you can lock away, I think Sarong's probably slightly more likely. Um, but yeah, finding the extra cash, the cash this time yeah, is yeah. hard. It's hard because you can use that next week to. Get up to a steward or someone else. There, there's, yeah, 100K is quite a bit. Yeah, and it can make the, the thing that I find is it can make a real difference between the rookie you get in. Like, you might be forced to get in a basement or you get in a rookie that scores well and is probably going to generate some cash over the next few weeks. So that's why I always like to leave just a little bit of cash if I can. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what about you, Matt? What do you think? Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think Setterfield's gone up quite a bit already. I mean, he is cheaper than Sarong. I think Sarong scores more for the rest of the year than Setterfield. So if you can get up to Sarong, I think he's a better long-term player. It's probably a good thing, yeah. I, could, I might even – could even switch to Set, uh, Sarong, sorry, just with yeah, the other upside of the top eight potential, whereas I don't think Setterfield will. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, Sarong had that quiet first week um, um, with the with Ross applying pressure. We didn't expect that. Um, but uh, at the same time, uh, Setterfield had a bit of a quiet week this last week. So, yeah, look, tough one. But, um, but yeah, good, bloody good question. I'm not going to give an answer. I think, uh, I think everyone else said Sarong, so just go with that one. Perfect. But, look, I think that, think that wraps us up for today. So, first of all, I'm going to say thanks to our guests. So, Matt, um, thanks for joining us, mate. Obviously, great job last year. We hope you do well this year and hope we uh, get you on uh, the spaces again, mate. Where can people find you? Thanks for having me, guys. Um, at Matt Mottram. Awesome, mate. And DT Lemon, mate, always uh, love the work you do on Twitter, mate. Thanks for joining us on The Spaces. Where can people find you? Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It's a good chat. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at lemon underscore DT. And, uh, yeah, send me, send me through some questions. Um, yeah, always great to chat. Yeah, great. Well, thanks a lot to everyone for joining us, in particular those uh, that sent through questions. Thanks a lot. You can continue to send you through your questions through to us on Twitter and please give us a follow at AFL Fantasy Fans. Uh, don't forget to tune in each Sunday after the final siren for the live Twitter space. Uh, and you remember you can listen to these spaces on the AFL Fantasy Fanatics podcast, wherever you get your pods. Uh, and please also subscribe to uh, the pod and give us a five-star review. Bales, thanks for joining me, mate. Where can people find you? Thanks, mate. Uh, just at BalesDT uh, on Twitter. And just a couple of quick notes as well. We hit 1,000 followers on Twitter as well, the AFL Fantasy Finance account. So we appreciate everyone, everyone's support. Um, it's been fantastic. And then the other note as well, people watching on YouTube. We've got 42 people tuning in on YouTube. So appreciate everyone there. If you had questions in live chat, I'll be answering them. Literally start after we finish the space. So don't uh, switch off. I'll answer those in a sec. Awesome. All right. Well, for me, you can follow me at TimGuestAU for AFL Fantasy stuff on Twitter. If you want to follow any money stuff, you can follow any oh, same tag handle, but on any of the other social media channels. Apart from that, guys, hope everyone had a great round. Have a great week, and we'll catch you all again same time next week. See ya. See ya.